coming of Jesus. And um, so we're going to look at Luke chapter 1. Look at the story of the, of, um, the birth of John the Baptist um, and about the foretelling of that. That's where we're going to start. So I'm going to read verses 5 through to, um, through to 20, 24. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah, and he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. They were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commands and statutes of the Lord. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. Now, while he was serving as priest before God, when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of people were praying outside at the hour of incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you should call him his name John. And you will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord. And he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go before him in the, in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedience to the wisdom of the just, to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. And Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel answered him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. And the people were waiting for Zechariah, and they were wondering at his delay in the temple. And when he came out, he was unable to speak to them. And they realized that he had seen a vision in the, in the temple. And he kept making signs to them and remained mute. And when his time of service was ended, he went to his home. After these days, his wife Elizabeth conceived. And for five months she kept herself hidden, saying, Thus the Lord has done to me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among the people. I don't know about you, but one of my favourite times of the year is, um, is sort of very early spring when you start to see the, the first shoots sort of appearing. And you know it's still winter, but you can just see the shoots uh, appearing. And usually it's the snowdrops, and you know that things are starting to change. And in many ways, this is what we're seeing here, that 
Israel, for 400 years, there had been no prophet. And that no, no word of God had, had, had come for about 400 years. And so it was like a winter over the whole of the land. They were still under the, the control of the Romans and desperate that God might come and rescue. And this story is sort of the first shoots, that very first sign that God is on the move again. Not that he ever stopped moving, but he was about to do something new. And Zachariah and, and Elizabeth, we're told they were, they were both righteous. They were both righteous and blameless, and they kept all of the laws of the Lord. And yet we're told they're barren. Now, to the Jews, that would be a problem. To be barren suggested that you might be cursed of God because a lot of the scriptures, a lot of the promises that God made was that there would be no barrenness in Israel unto those who were righteous, but they were here with this couple who were now elderly and they were barren. And you can see this with what Elizabeth says later on in verse 25 because she says, Thus the Lord has taken away from me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among people. So here we have a godly couple who really loved the Lord, who were walking in all the ways, and yet they hadn't had the one thing they wanted. Now, to our culture, it is strange, because we don't consider that to be a, a big thing, but to their culture, not to be able to pass on their inheritance to someone, was, was a huge thing. So we have these two, two people, and it's to them that God comes by his angel. Now, Zechariah goes to the temple, and... At that time, there was between 20 and 24,000 priests in Israel, and they would come, they were divided into 24 different divisions, and they would come one week, twice a year, to do all of the things that needed to be done in the temple. So, as possibly, there could have been 1,000 priests at that time. So, the chances of Zechariah actually getting the lot that allowed him to come and offer the sacrifice, offer the incense, was, was quite small, really. Um, you know, it would probably have only happened once in, in a priest's lifetime that he ever got to do it because there were just so many priests. So it's like we know that God was planning this. He, he already had this in knowledge before this happened. And the angel tells him that his prayer has been answered. And I wondered, is this prayer the prayer that they prayed years ago? Perhaps many times that they might have had this child, but over the years, the chance of that seems to have gone. They were both now old, and the chance of having children were, were pretty small. And actually, if I think about it, the idea of having children in old age doesn't, doesn't appeal to me particularly. But they, were, they must have come to that point. But the angel says, your prayer has been heard. Now, of course, when Zechariah went into the temple to offer the incense, he was going in to represent the people. He would take some of the coals from the, from the altar of sacrifice and bring them in and put them on the altar of incense and then burn the incense upon them. So he, he was not just bringing his prayers, but he was bringing the prayers of the people to, to God. And I wonder if there's another sense in this, because one of the prayers they'd all been praying for at that time was, send the Messiah, Lord. So he's answered not just his prayer, but the prayer of the people, that the Messiah was coming, and that it would be through his son. And this couple who had waited all of these years and thought that everything was lost, suddenly God 
It gives them the very thing that they desire. And I think, actually, this does tie in with some of the things that Ralph was saying earlier. I think there are prayers that we may have prayed over the years, and we think, God's never going to answer that. It's just been too long. And perhaps I'm just too old now for that to happen. And I think we see in here that there's some hope that God comes in to those situations. Now, John, is, John, John was, was set apart right from the start by, by God. And he was filled with the Holy Spirit right from birth, which is quite an amazing thing. And these, this couple were blessed in a way that they, they never thought, thought possible. I think that God wants us to, to be aware that he comes into places where it seems hopeless. If we're in a situation where we're feeling that perhaps God has passed us by, that our time has gone, then we need to be ready that God might move in. Now, I find it slightly... Um, I find it slightly uh, uh, um, amusing in some ways because we find Zachariah didn't quite believe that God was going to do this and he asked for a sign and he gets a sign but I don't think it was a sign he really wanted um, because we're told that he was, he was silent. Now, in fact, the word possibly could mean that he was not only couldn't speak but he was deaf because if you look later on, uh, in the story, after the birth of John, they have to make signs to him to find out if it was right to call the baby John or not. So I think he was completely silent. And it, it's like, I don't, I don't know why God did that, but um, the thing is that God didn't, didn't, the angel didn't say, well, you haven't believed, therefore, that's it, you've, you, you've had it, you know, I'm going to go and find someone else. Because God is gracious, and although he would rather we believe when we first hear something, he's still prepared to use us if we will listen. And he's still prepared to use us. And this man was still instrumental in, and this couple were instrumental to bringing John into the world, who would be the one who prepared the way for Jesus to come. He was the one who was going to call back um, Israel from uh, from the way that they were going, so that they might be ready uh, for the coming of Jesus. So if we have places in our own lives, if we feel we've been faithful Christians like this couple, and yet there's a sense in us that, that things that we thought would happen haven't happened, and we're almost like we feel barren, and just take note that God comes to those people. Remember how he did the same with, with um, Hannah. And, um, and there are other people in the scriptures where he, he, he comes to them in their old age and did things. In fact, later on we see completely opposite because we have Mary who isn't even married and at the beginning of her life. But he comes often to those who seem to be near the end of, thing, near the, end of, of the the chance of something being fulfilled. And I wonder, even as, as, as church, sometimes we can feel that we've been um, faithful to God. We've done the things that God wants us to do to the best of our ability. And yet we look around and we think, 
we would love to have seen more fruit, but the fruit hasn't, hasn't come. And I think the church has often gone through periods where it's felt, you know, we've done what you've said, Lord, and yet we haven't seen the fruit. And it's easy then to give up and think, well, what's the point? But the thing is, is that God enters into those places. Those places where it seems that all is lost is the places that God loves to come. And he will turn our barrenness into fruitfulness. So as we come to this Christmas period, let's have lives, let's, let's have, know that this is a time of hope. We're looking forward to celebrating the birth of Jesus, um, but we're also looking forward to Jesus coming again for the second advent. And we're also looking for Jesus to come again in the lives of people, as we sang in that Christmas carol. This is a time when, when God is, when we, we have eyes on God to see him on the move. Let's pray. Father, we would ask that your, you would give us eyes to see the things that you've laid upon our hearts and that we wouldn't hold on to them lightly, Lord but that we would recognise that you're the one who comes into places that seem impossible, Lord. And we do thank you, Lord, that you're gracious, because sometimes we hear your word many times and we find it hard to believe, Lord. And yet you still pursue us, Lord, and you don't let us go, because your love is so gracious towards us. And you see our failures, Lord. And maybe sometimes you even discipline us, Lord, but it doesn't stop your, your purposes and your love from moving in our lives. And so we pray, Father, that we would cherish those things you've laid upon our hearts, that we wouldn't let them go, that we wouldn't think it's too late and now impossible for you to do those things that we felt many years ago were what you wanted to do. And that we would see you come in in power, Father, to bring changes, Father, that we need. In Jesus' name, amen.